Good evening and welcome to Burst News at 6 o'clock with Will Griffiths and Rachel Andrews. These are your top stories this half hour. Government blamed for foot and mouth. New York's new vice-chancellor. Suicide bombings in Pakistan. R.E.M. launched their new album on Facebook. And in sport, Brian Ashton has spectacularly dropped Johnny Wilkinson for this weekend's game. But first in the news. Poor standards and shabby conditions at the Purbright Laboratory in Surrey have been blamed for two outbreaks of foot and mouth in 2007, which saw animals destroyed and farmers facing bankruptcy. Dr Ian Anderson, the author of the independent review into the outbreaks, said that leadership problems, a creeping degradation of standards and shabby and dilapidated buildings led to the disease being leaked from the government-run Purbright complex. Amongst the institutions Dr Anderson considers responsible are the Department for the Environment and Rural Affairs, who regulate the laboratory, the Department for Trade and Industry, who run the site, and the Purbright governing body. Dr Anderson has recommended that a new body be created to run laboratories such as those at Purbright in order to prevent leaks of biowaste in the future. The government has announced that DEFRA will no longer regulate Purbright. So in amongst all the recent outbreaks we've had, we've got a contest with foot and mouth once again. This isn't um, the this isn't a new outbreak. Um, thank God, this is um, these are the outbreaks um, that happened in two thousand and seven, okay. um, and it would appear that um, the laboratories were very badly man- maintained. Um, the original leak was caused by um, scientists who were testing um, the foot and mouth disease in the laboratory. When they got rid of the um, the bio waste, um, the pipe down which the waste went had actually been damaged by a tree root, which has got out into the system. Elliot Spitzer, the New York governor and long-predicted future president, issued a public apology today after FBI investigations implicated him in a prostitution ring. The former Attorney General of New York State, a man once dubbed the Sheriff of Wall Street, issued an apology to his family and supporters for his actions. The revelation followed an FBI investigation into a syndicate called the Emperor's Club VIP, where escorts supposedly charged up to $5,500 per hour. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's um, mm-hmm. it's quite a big coup actually. Apparently, there's a, a emperor, a, sorry, a emperor of club VIPs across the world. Really? Reportedly, one in London and in Paris. I'd imagine they're considerably classier than Spearmint Rhino, though. Well, yes, but it's also somewhere you don't really want to be caught if you're a political, uh, if you're no, a political bigwig. Probably. But you know, five thousand five hundred dollars an hour. That, you're going to get a lot of bigwigs in there. I'm guessing it's not going to be your average Joe well, off the street. It's no small time rollers, no. Certainly. No. Good job, though, I have to say. <laughs> Two suicide bombers have caused carnage in the Pakistani city of Lahore. Suicide car bombers first hit the Federal Investigation Agency's building at about 9.30am local time, when people were ar- arriving for work. At least 20 people were killed and dozens more injured, including children. Three people, two of whom were children, were killed in a second car bombing, which happened almost simultaneously in a residential area of the city. President Pervez Musharraf has condemned the attacks, for which no one has yet claimed responsibility. Pakistan has seen a surge in violence in the past few months, mainly in attacks by pro-Taliban groups who come from the border with Afghanistan. As a result of these latest suicide bombings, the Australian cricket team have called off their tour of Pakistan, citing security fears for the cancellation. So the Australian cricket team, there's no um, political motive for this. It's re- merely just security concern. It is, yes. This is a long way from what we were discussing last week with uh, the um, England sports teams boycotting Zimbabwe. No, this is purely security fears. Okay. 
Homework could become a thing of the past. That tedious struggle between parent and child is being questioned by the teachers' union. Apparently, giving homework to primary school children um, increases stress and can prove to be demotivating. Dr Mary Bowstead, General Secretary of the Association of Teachers and Lecturers, also cited a class division as a problem, claiming that children from poorer backgrounds suffer as their parents are less well-educated and they have less access to computers and books. Hmm. That's an interesting report, it's got to be said. I find that shocking. I find that awful and bigoted. It is quite bigoted, yes. I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, obviously at Bristol, unfortunately, they're... Well, perhaps we don't see some of the, some of those aspects of life, but I think in general, it's a huge assumption to make. It's a rash generalisation by a, someone who's in quite a high-profile position exactly, amongst the teaching yes. world. Yes, and it's not really supporting her fellow teachers, is it? Well, not in any way. I mean, it just they talk a lot about uh, dumbing down of the curriculum and about mm. kids being stupid and not being made to work as hard, but. It's ridiculous. Everyone has to cope with stress. Stress is something that happens in the real world. Exactly, and you have to learn how to deal with it, don't you? Without a doubt. I think it's, it's fundamental to a child's education that they have to learn how to independently learn, even at that young age. Mm. I have to say, I don't know what it was like for you, but I remember when I was at school, I didn't get that much homework, even when I was doing exams, even sort of GCSEs and A-levels. I was not spending hours chained to my desk. No, I agree. I, it was never something that over, I found overburdening. No, exactly. And I have to say, now being a ancient old final year crone, I really am regretting actually not being uh, taught how to deal with homework better now, actually, because, you know, you have to uh, get down to it. Well, there you go. They should be consulting us, not, they the, should be, not yes. the teachers. Yes. Maybe you and I, should, we should be the next advisors. Couldn't great. think of a worse job. <laughs> yeah, no good point. <laughs> Getting things a bit more local now, a £28 million investment package will see Hengrove Park in South Bristol transformed into one of the city's most desirable areas to live and work. The money will come from a number of investors, including the City Council and the South West Regional Development Agency. The 200-acre park, currently in a deprived and disadvantaged area of the city, will become the centre of a complex including an NHS hospital, a leisure centre, a skills academy and parking facilities. Hengrove Park, at South Bristol, isn't it? It is, yes. It's an area that our students don't normally venture Unfortunately, towards. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I think, you know, it sounds quite a nice place, those beautiful 200 acres of parkland. But this sounds fantastic, and it's great to see Bristol going up in the world, but at the same time, is this just more yuppieisation, as I've heard it It called? is, yes. Um, our regular listeners will, of course, know um, those, you know, us students... The, um, the student newspaper, Epigram, has been running um, quite a big thing about the closure of quite a few clubs in, Stoke, in the Stokescroft area of Bristol, um, including Clockwork and Lakota, I do believe. Well, Stokescroft has been dubbed, and quite aptly so, the cultural centre of Bristol. Exactly, it's yes. slightly sordid and has slightly dubious connotations well. to the drug and underground world. Mm. Actually, it's quite, it is a big part of what Bristol mm. is, because Bristol's a bizarre city, if we're honest. It is. It's, it's the, a bit of a mishmash, It's I a think. small, old, West Country port town, yes. harbour city, but yes. at the same time it has this kind of new age mm. underground mm. scene that thrives. I think if we could um, if we could see, obviously, um, you know, disadvantaged areas of the city sort of, you know, being brought up in the world, then, you know, it's got to be a good thing. But as you say, the uh, I think the closing down of clubs in Stokescroft, it's really just sort of ripping the heart out of the, the city. It's, you know, you, we don't want everywhere to be like Clifton and the waterfront. Well, exactly. I don't know if you remember, we did an interview with um, the head of Broadmead Shopping. Indeed we and did. And he was telling us all about um, the wonderful uh, development that is Cabot Circus. Mm-hmm. And as ex- exciting as it is, it's a Harvey Nicks. And it, yeah. well, there was a lot of concern, not from himself, but from uh, the members of the public, that this was going to further alienate certain sectors of Bristol society. Mm. I think, you know, it's... Uh, 
places like Stokescroft, it's what you know gives uh, character to the city. I think it would be a great shame if it all ended up as you know, glass-fronted offices and uh, penthouses. But I think without wishing to draw too many parallels that are already there, especially with London, mm. I mean, uh, Stokescroft is sort of Brist- Bristol Soho, isn't it? Really? I guess so, yeah. It's that yeah. slightly dirty area, but actually mm. it's just a really important part of the city. Mm. There was actually an extremely interesting comment in the aforementioned epigram. Um, drawing... Um, attention to the fact that there are other places in Stokescroft which f- deserve far more to be shut down, including some fairly dodgy massage parlours and a lot of boarded up shops. Well, indeed. Um, breaking news actually just coming into the studio. Um, one of Britain's biggest police, the head of one of Britain's biggest police forces, has been found dead this evening. Uh, Mr. Michael Todd, the chief of the Greater Manchester Police Force, uh, died after he went missing walking in Snowdonia. Authorities became worried last night as he had failed to reappear through the storm. But sadly, his body uh, was found by search and rescue teams this afternoon. We'll bring you more information on that as we get it. An outbreak of the sickness and diarrhoea bug norovirus has resulted in the closure of four wards at Bath's Royal United Hospital. No further patients are being admitted to the wards, but outpatient clinics are still open as usual. The Chief of Security Officer at the Duchess of Cornwall's Wiltshire home was found shot dead yesterday. Police believe Sergeant Richard Fuller killed himself with his own shotgun. Sergeant Fuller, 55, was married with three grown-up children. News of his death was broken to the Prince and Duchess aboard their yacht, the Leander, in the Caribbean. Ms Parker Bowles is said to be deeply upset. Um, in other news, Haile Gabri Selassie, the marathon world record holder, has delivered a stinging blow to this summer's Olympics by claiming that Beijing is too polluted for him to compete. The Ethiopian distance runner suffers from asthma and pollen allergies and fears by running the 26 miles he could do long-term damage to his health and even rule himself out of the 2012 Games. Instead, he intends to focus on the 10,000 metres. There's other good news, though. Well, sorry, other good news. So it's good news for English athletes. Uh, the England men's hockey team qualified for the Olympics mm-hmm. by beating India 2-0. That's what we like to see. Go they boys. maintained a 100% record during their qualifying in Chile. And it looks like England are going to be sending 300 athletes to the Games this year. Wow. Which is um, about 30 more than they sent, they sent 272 mm. uh, in, two, in 2004 to Athens. How does that compare with the other nations such as France and, and Italy? Uh, it's about the same, actually. Oh. Uh, they normally send about 350. Uh, but apparently it's going to cost us four million pounds of taxpayers' money to send these people out. Oh dear! I want the Olympics not... coming up next time round as well. There's going to be lots not... of people, including probably my dad, getting very cross about that. <laughs> Have you got any entertainment news? For I us? do indeed. Are you on Facebook, Will? I am indeed. Of Don't course. track me down there. I, I won't, I promise there'll be no stalking. Well, R.E.M. have announced that their latest album, Accelerate, will be launched on Facebook. A preview of the album will, will be released on the I Like Music application on March the 24th, a week before it goes on sale in the shops. And R.E.M. are actually the first uh, first band to do such a thing. It's, uh, it's quite a radical new step. And Michael Stipe has said that he uh, he wants to put himself out there and, you know, embrace the new technology. So it's all good. Oh, it's fantastic. Have you heard any of their new stuff? I haven't, unfortunately, no. But uh, their new single was out, I believe, last week or the week before, and it's had excellent reviews. No, I, I heard a song on a popular national radio station, actually. Mm-hmm. Was uh, it Burst? It was, yes. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I had no idea we were going national, though. No, uh, it's global, actually, if you go oh, on the Oh, yes. 
Um, yeah, it sounded quite good. Um, mm-hmm. Slightly new new thinking, but um, same old REM. You still still their hallmark of uh, you, quality. You do have to love REM. Another of my uh, very favourite bands now. Last week we announced that Muse will uh, headline this year's V Festival. Tickets for which sold out in just 90 minutes. Can you oh. believe? Um, and it would appear that those lucky, lucky people who got their hands on a ticket are going to be in for a bit of a treat. Muse's lead singer, Matt Bellamy, has promised to spend this year's fee on giant UFOs that land on the heads of the audience, as you do. Yeah. And uh, have you been to a Muse gig, Will? I never have, actually, no. Uh, they, they are a treat. The last one I went to, there were huge inflatable balloons with um, glitter inside that were sent out over the crowd. It was very, very amusing, let's put mm. it that way. And finally, British comedian Johnny Vegas, well known for his hard drinking and less than attractive habits, has divorced his wife. Vegas, who sold their wedding photos to Viz for the princely sum of one pound. What exactly is Viz? Viz. How does one describe Viz? I think it's a less than politically correct men's magazine. They uh, have you ever heard of the two fat slags? No, but well, they're. It's uh, it's a comic, really. Okay. I think it's um, one of the sort of the old school type men's comics. Very very rude British postcard type humour. But uh, Vegas has blamed his ex-wife's aggressive and abusive ways for the split. Oh dear. Mm. Uh, What's going on in the world of sport? Well, there's a little bit going on in the world of sport because Brian Ashton has come forward today mm-hmm. and has dropped the England's new world record point scorer, Johnny Wilkinson. <gasps> What? Well, he broke England's golden boy. um, Broke the record against Scotland as when he landed a penalty. He did. Yes, well done, Johnny. Yeah, to become the all-time point scorer Mm -hmm. is in history in the entire world. That's quite. That is pretty, especially because he's English as well. We never get records. Yeah, and he did it in about um, uh, twenty games fewer than uh, Gareth Jenkins, the former Welsh. Good for Johnny. We're a bit of a Neil Jenkins. Sorry, Gareth Neil. Same difference. Gareth's one of their coaches. I'm very confused. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's been dropped for Danny Cipriani. Uh, the 20-year-old Wasp playmaker was left out of the squad last week after a late-night visit to a Mayfair nightclub, but is set to lead the line in what is a, has to be a must-win game for head coach Brian Ashton. Mm. Well, it was, it was necessary for Brian Ashton to do something pretty radical, because although um, uh, Johnny was, didn't play, is the top point scorer, mm. he really didn't play well, and nor did England on the whole, and to lose to Scotland... In, who haven't won yet this Six Nations until it's then. It's a fairly embarrassing defeat, it's I think a, it's safe to say, isn't it? Certainly it certainly was. We're, we're a bit of a roller coaster ride with English rugby this year. We've had, um, obviously, in the World Cup, we went there as no-hopers and mm. lost our first game in South Africa 36-0, only to find ourselves in the final against the very same nation. Mm. And just the same, we've, uh, we've produced some pretty shocking performances, but then it can pull out the good ones when they need it, supposedly. Mm. Beating France at the Stade de France is always a highlight for any Englishman. It exactly, yes. But I think, personally, they're making a, um, Wilkinson into, an, into a bit of a scapegoat. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. It's you, you have to remember there are, what, 14 other players? Indeed, there are. 14, I, I exactly. always get a bit confused with yeah. numbers, really. But um, because he's, that's the only change that's actually mm. been made. Wilkinson's been dropped to the bench and Charlie Hodgson, the other, the other reserve fly yeah. half, has been, uh, has been dropped out of the squad. Sorry, apologies, actually, I just <laughs> broke my pen. Nice to see you're concentrating so well. <laughs> uh, in football news, Liverpool travelled to Italy today in a bid to become the fourth English side to qualify for the Champions League quarterfinals. The Reds have a 2-0 aggregate lead over Internazionale, although the San Siro is a notoriously difficult venue, particularly against a team that are running away with Serie A. 
The main omission from tonight's game is Spanish playmaker Xabi Alonso, who did not make the trip as his girlfriend is expecting their first child. Oh, how lovely. How do you rate uh, the Reds' chances against uh, Internazionale? I think they should do well. Plus, if they can nick an away goal, it's the, that will mean Inter have to score four times. Oh, that's tricky. So with uh, Gerard and Torres being quite so lethal, mm. I think the Reds have got quite a good chance of progressing, which would be great. But all we've got to hope now is that we don't get all the English sides pitted against each other in the quarterfinals. Oh, that's going to be cruel, isn't it? Well, I, I, you always hope for an all-English final. Yeah. It, it just asserts a certain level of dominance across does, European yeah. football. Which we don't have, let's face it, in general. Well, nationally we don't, but as a domestic, domestic game we That's do. That's true, yes. With all the money from uh, Russians and Americans and not the Dubai uh, mm. inv- uh, team, because they're, yes. they're not able to put... Uh, their bid for uh, Liverpool was rejected today. It was indeed, By yes. Tom Hicks. But um, yes, yeah, so all the money that's coming in from outside mm. is being And, of planned. course, foreign players. The likes well, exactly. of Ronaldo, etc. When you look at Arsenal, and they rarely start with an English player. Theo mm. Walcott's the only player on their books, and he very rarely figures. You do have to question, though. I think the uh, the sort of the whys and wherefores of that. It is a shame that one of the best English teams, you know, in England isn't generally English. It's, but there's been a lot of debate about this, and Arsene Wenger uh, just clearly and quite. Fair enough, yeah. really. He's trying to build the best team he can. Exactly, And yeah. there is just isn't the English talent available. And if the fans are happy, that's all that matters. Mm. Uh, well, young Brazilian Lucas is set to deputise for Xabi Alonso, mm-hmm. who remains at home. The game kicks off at 7.45 tonight and is live on Sky Sports 2. Uh, do you see, uh, were you awake for the storms the other night? Um, well, I sort of was and then sort of wasn't, so let's say no. <laughs> okay, well the gusty wind has been carrying on last it few days, has, hasn't it? has, yes. I nearly got blown across Bristol when I was walking up tonight. It was quite scary, I have cool. to say. Because, I don't know if you're aware, but um, Cheltenham Festival is taking place this weekend. It is indeed, week. yes. Started today. Uh, it got off to the stormy weekend, failed to prevent the start of Cheltenham Festival today, although thousands of racegoers must be rehoused after the wind destroyed a hospitality tent. The festival is one of the highlights of the racing calendar. Mm. So that was a bit of a bit of a blow for the festival organisers. No pun intended. Well, of course not. That Just as well it's not Ascot, because you'd see a lot of uh, very decorative hats floating off across the Exactly, hills. yeah. Quite a sight to hold that with you. Well, I do have some weather news for you, I'm afraid, Will. Is there another depression over the Atlantic sending a storm our way? I don't know, but it's going to be rubbish for the rest of the week. When I looked at the weather earlier on, on uh, the dear old internet, there were lots of big black clouds and two little rain dots every single day, I'm afraid. So it's not going to be nice. It's going to be very windy again tomorrow. Average uh, wind speeds of about 30 miles an hour. So uh, wow. pretty windy, but it's quite still quite warm, actually, if you stay out of the wind and yeah. don't get drenched. it's uh, I, saw quite some nice. fi- I saw some figures and a few amusing photos of... Uh, of uh, members of the public being blown over this week. Exactly, yes. Uh, but if you are going to go walking on a beach, what do you honestly expect? Well, exactly. Um, winds hit 82 miles per hour in places, apparently, mm. which is hurricane uh, uh, amounts. It is, yeah. And there are 10,000 houses that went without power. I believe most of them in the uh, South Wales area. I think so, yes. Yeah. So there goes a few facts. Mm. Right, um, is that all we've got time for, I'm afraid? I think it is, yes. So I've been Will Griffiths. I've been Rachel Andrews. And we're going to leave you with a song by uh, two DJs from South Africa. Who are they? They're, they're called Goldfish. I'm looking forward to this. It's great. I heard them when I was out. They played in Ignite on a Sunday evening. They're hoping to break into England, and they've, uh, they've they're on iTunes. So uh, mm. check it out. I'm glad you're keeping up with the uh, you know what's going, what's hip and new at the moment. When I went out on Saturday night, I was listening to The Cure and The Smiths. So you know, yeah, too bit bands, retro. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, this is Goldfish, and I'll leave you with that. Thanks, guys.